and I've already finished my first beer. Shoot the Before we talk about pasta, though, I will say that I have, I have, it's taken tier four for me to actually embrace a proper lockdown bread baking regime. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I've fallen down the sourdough uh, plug plug hole. <laughs> you were saying that you baking bread wasn't worth it. It's not worth it, but once you start, you're like, I'm sure it can be better than this. So you try again. <laughs> But I think it's a, a, I think it's basically you're on a hiding to nothing. I think it's you can never achieve a bread which is good enough to justify all the time it's it took. Now, now you've got a sourdough yeast that you have to feed every day and look after. And care for. Well, that's because that's because someone uh, made me adopt it from them. Oh, really? Because they were leaving the country and they couldn't take it oh, with them. Did just leave a jar of it on the doorstep and run away. He, he, no, there was a, like an official handover. I had to sign adoption certificates and everything, and and promise that I would bring up the uh, the micro bi- microbiology and it's um you know in the in the organic way that it was developed. Is this person paying you like <laughs> yeast benefit? Do you get like a, a monthly yeast benefit so you keep feed, so you can afford the flour to keep feeding? No, apparently the benefits are basically for me is that that once a week I get to eat some really kind of flat, rubbery bread. All oh, right, and improve your gut health. It's um, it's an interesting one, pasta, because I don't know about you, but how many how many different types of I mean, I looked, at, I started researching shape pasta shapes, and and once you start, you're kind of like, oh my god, there's like, there's hundreds of different shapes. But I only ever use about four of them. Yeah, I read there was like three over three hundred and fifty different pasta shapes. Right. But you're right. You basically got spaghetti. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try and impress you now with my range. Okay. Is this what you have in your house? These are things I use regularly, and I've okay, not cool. researched. Right. Spaghetti. Yeah. We all know what spaghetti is, don't we? Yeah. Linguini comes in a comes in a can. Comes in a can. Yep. Linguini, which is a bit like spaghetti but flat. Yeah. Tagliatelle, which is a bit which bit is... like linguini but a bit wider. And comes in a nest. Yes, comes in a nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes in a nest. Parpadelli or parpadel, which is the ribbon, long ribbony ones. Okay. Yeah. Right. The shell one, which I've forgotten what it's called. Concigliani yeah, or something like that. Something like that. And then the long, straight one. Penne, yeah. Yeah. Macaroni. Macaroni. Lasagna. Of course, yeah. Ravioli, if that counts, because obviously that is like a made-up one, isn't it? Well, it's pre-made, yeah. I mean, it's got something in it. A stuffed one, as it were. Yeah. Now... Cat cannelloni. Okay. Your list is pretty long. And the bowed tie one, which I think is called... Farfalle, yeah. There you go. Ooh, I'm knackered now. There you go. 
I've, I think, I've, I think well, I've used all of them at some point. Oh, right. Okay. But these aren't regular kind of turnarounds in your in your repertoire. Nah, it's mostly spaghetti, thank you, Kelly. Okay. Well, we, we um, I'm, I'm similar. We didn't have spaghetti in this house for many, many years because I think very early on in my relationship with Claire, I must have told her in a moment of madness that I didn't like spaghetti. I don't know why I would have said that because I love spaghetti, but I think, you know, one of those conversations you have when you're in a, early on in a relationship and you're showing off a bit and you're like, oh, no, I much prefer, you know, tagliatelle than spaghetti or something. And it's like, it's nonsense. And so I couldn't work out why for, for the next however many years that we never had spaghetti. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense out there, does it? No, it doesn't. Unless you've like got something that's green because you've got some sort of herb in it or stinging nettles if you're Hugh Wooden stall or all pasta tastes pretty much the same, doesn't it? So I think in early on in your relationship, if you'd said, um, I don't like spaghetti, I prefer tagliatelle. Yeah. In terms of taste. Yeah. Um, your now wife should have walked away from the relationship because you're obviously crazy because all cooked pasta <laughs> with no sauce on it generally tastes the same, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, you've got a point. Would you? Would you? Would that be a get a deal deal breaker for you if someone made some completely ridiculous, unfounded claim about their favourite pasta, or their sorry, their least favourite pasta, because basically they all taste the same? Well, yeah. If they if they offered it up, just straight up, without any encouragement, sat watching television or just finished watching a film, you go to the cinema on a nice date, romantic evening. And then as you're walking out the cinema, you just turn around and went, I don't really like spaghetti. You think, this person's fucking mad. <laughs> Especially if you weren't even talking about it at the time. Especially if you're like, this, person, this person's got cuisine Tourette's or something. They're just spouting out preferences that uninvited. I'm not having that. Illumination. I do like the idea that you were questioned, though. Was this part of the part of the dating process to see if you were compatible? I'm not sure if it was a, like kind of a compatibility quiz or not. I don't think so. I, I when I was young, I had uh, pretensions of being a bit of a foodie, a, a, a you know, a gourmand, and those haven't really gone away. But, <laughs> but, a what? A, but I know more. A gourmand. A gourmand. What's that? A gourmand is someone who who uh, likes to eat. Good, good quality food. You've never heard gourmand before? I've heard of gourmet, obviously. A gourmet is someone who can cook really good food. A gourmand is someone who can eat really good food. Uh, it translates, I've just Googled it, it translates into English as greedy. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were a gourmand from an early age. <laughs> I have some disgusting stories about how gourmandish I was when I was young, yeah. Um, maybe they're for a different... Different episode. They're, they're, for the, they're um, for the episode on food you eat when your other half is away. <laughs> so ziti is like a very long penne. So like spaghetti in length, but a, a big, a long tube. And you you can use it instead of lasagna in like a baked dish. Oh, okay. They're pretty nice. Yeah, struggling to imagine what a long penne would look like. So penne, penne, you have to be very careful as an Englishman how you say that, because it either means quill or pen, which is 
the correct thing, right, when you're talking about the pasta. Yeah. Or it can mean um, penis. Oh, right. So what's the correct pronunciation? <laughs> I don't want to go to... I don't want to make a mistake here. Because, I, I, you know, we have got a lot of listeners in Italy and I know they'll be, you know, fuming right now with the mispronunci- my mispronunciation of penne. Yeah. I also think what's brilliant about pasta, especially pasta shapes, we're talking about um, dried pasta, is that they've invented a foodstuff which is shelf-stable probably infinitely and will taste delicious. You know, it's a mass-produced product mm. that tastes delicious because it's actually not about the pasta, is it? It's about the sauce. Yeah. The pasta is a vehicle for the sauce, so, yeah, that's why you have all the shapes. Is that the same for crumpets? The crumpet being a vehicle for melted butter. Uh, yes, oh, completely. Uh, wow, well, actually, I don't know. Do you think when the person who first made a crumpet made a crumpet, they thought it must have been an accident thinking about it because they were probably trying to make a pancake, but then the bubbles started coming up and they were like, "Oh crap! It's got a load of holes in it now." Yeah. But but the bottom is flat and has a perfect seal. Yeah. So it's like a lot of wells for melted butter. Fantastic. Let's work on this. Yeah. Let's work on this, yeah. But I think you can have a bad crumpet. Well, not bad, but one that's quite flat. Have you made crumpets? Like from scratch? No, no. I've, we're talking about ones bought in shops. Okay. It's some of the cheaper ones, like Tesco's, the supermarket-owned ones, can be a bit thinner. Right. Less butter. See? Less butter. Yeah, you can get, yeah, that doesn't work. You can get square crumpets as well. The f- what kind of evil is that? I have no idea. Illumination. Are you savoury or sweet? What do you mean? When it comes to crumpets, not in general. <laughs> I just put butter on them. Just butter? Yeah. So that, that it kind of, it's no man's land. It's a blank canvas. Oh, a perfect pairing. Like Torben and Dean. Absolutely made for each other. I think you're missing out on a trick here, Hodge. Oh my god. What the fuck are you putting on your crumpets? Marmite. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no cheese, no marmite. People who put honey on crumpets need shooting. Oh, nothing sweet, no, no. But marmite and butter is is the perfect combination. And, and then you get like kind of a mixture, a melange of butter and marmite in those little wells of delight. I can't eat marmite anymore. I had a fill. You... I had a filling replaced, <laughs> and um, something about marmite sets my filling off. I think it must be the salt content or something. You should sue. Well, I should have sued at the time, about two years ago now. Write to marmite, see what they can do about it. No one believes me though. They're like, what? Yeah, I'm struggling. The salt, <laughs> salt sets your um, filling off, and I'm like, yeah, it does. But then the same person who doesn't believe me about that didn't believe that sunshine made me sneeze. Well, I do believe you about that because that's a fact. Yeah, it's called sunshine sneeze disease. I yeah, I thought it was. Just, I think it's the sunlight. Okay. Yeah. I I I think I've I've heard about that. Well, if you get if you're bored over the festive period, Google sunlight makes me sneeze. And that's a good. I will. There's a good song name that, isn't it? Sunlight makes me sneeze. And um. Marmite sets my fillings off, which is a, 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 a rubbish song name. No, but it could be like a second verse. 
a list of strange ailments. Very minor strange <laughs> ailments album. I, I think this could be a you know a Bob Dylan style folk melody. Hedges make me paranoid. <laughs> yeah, true, isn't it? Yeah. Large fish make me very nervous. That's perfectly understandable, though, especially if you're swimming with them. Oh, you put you put this thing on Twitter, uh, uh, retweeted this picture of um, uh, people on a boat and a, a whale. Yeah. Oh, God, that was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's two things. Like, you watch it and you go, that's fucking amazing. And then your logic kicks in and you think, if that whale was five metres closer, your boat is going over or getting smashed in two, isn't it? Yeah. Whoa, that was amazing though, wasn't it? The only time I'd ever go whale watching is if the boat I'm in is bigger than a whale. Yeah. Twice as big. And couldn't be tipped over. But I think whales are actually quite weirdly sensitive, aren't they, to uh, you know their surroundings? Well, I, don't, I don't think they need to be sensitive as much as just clever. Like they look up before they decide to breach. Yeah. I mean, would you look down before you jumped into the sea? Uh, yes. Make sure there wasn't a shark with his mouth open. Or a whale. Or a whale. <laughs> or a... What's the collective noun for jellyfish? Um, a round tree. Yeah, a round tree of jellyfish. Um, or just a large rock. You wouldn't want to jump onto a large rock, would you? No. No. That is true. But do you think a small boat is comparable to, to a large rock to a whale? Or is that just like, you know, a bit of flotsam? No, I think... I reckon they've got a uh, encyclopedic knowledge of the surface of the sea. Right. So they recognise, oh, that wasn't there last time I came up here and had a breach. They're um, they've got the echolocation as well, haven't they? So. Yes, they probably do. They though. Is that just dolphins? Well, the same thing, really, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> They're all fish. Whales, just big dolphins. Yeah. Right, I've got some um, translations of pasta shapes. Oh, are you, are you and, doing a quiz? This is a quiz. Yeah, it's a kind of a quiz, oh, and cool. some are real and some are fake. Oh, trickery! So, is it pasta or is it piss take? Pasta or piss take? You don't have to write this down. You can like answer as we go. No, I'm just um, I'm just writing pasta or piss take. Just, I'm not sure if that's the best title. I'm sure I could have thought of something a bit better, but yeah, pasta or imposter. Oh, pasta. that is better. Pasta imposter. Right. Pasta or imposter. The only problem is that I haven't written down the Italian equivalent for these, so I've just wrote down the translations. So I can't tell you what it actually is in Italian. Okay. Which uh, kind of ruins the point in a way. Okay, well let's start with an easy one. Little ears. Right. That is pasta, and it's called conch something or other, or cochlea or conchalia or something. I mean, it's orecchietti. Oh, yeah, orecchietti, is it, yeah. Priest stranglers. Priest stranglers? Yeah. Um, Imposter. No, that's a real one. Fuck off. What is it? It's uh, strangola preti. Wow. What is it? A long, thin one, like a taggy tammy. Uh, it's also it's, called strozzapretti. It's a it's a short, long one, a short, thin one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 
The short thin one, right? I didn't really understand a short long one. <laughs> short thin one. Uh, coffee pot. Coffee pot. Yeah. Uh, imposter. Imp- that's true. That is an imposter. They have a cooking pot uh, pasta, but not a coffee pot pasta. Okay. Are the co- is uh, the cooking pot one like a little cooking pot? Yeah, I think so. So it's got like a bottom and you could put little... So it collects bits of chunky soups and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's called... Actually, no. Uh, the cooking pot is actually... <laughs> I'm completely wrong. It's a direct translation of lasagna. I oh, don't know. You couldn't... You couldn't cook in... That's more of a griddle. I think it's because lasagna is named after the dish it's cooked in. Oh, uh, right, okay. Which would make more sense. Lasagna's more of a hot plate, isn't it? Yeah. Like in American yes. films, yeah. where they cook breakfast on one of those big plates. Demon's beards. A demon's beard? Yeah. Like a, like a little goatee-type beard. Um, I'm going to yeah. go um, imposter. It, yes, you're correct. It is a, a an imposter. But they do have one called a moustache. And it looks like a moustache? Uh, apparently so. A big, bushy, like, stereotypical cartoon, ragu, dolmio, Italian moustache. It's uh, it's called Mostaccioli, yeah. and it's uh, it's another name sometimes for penne, except uh, it's smooth. Okay. So it's called a smooth penne, and apparently um, these are the least popular pasta shapes in the whole of Italy. I can understand why. Um, if it's supposed to resemble a moustache, who wants to eat a moustache? Nobody. The mouth of the wolf. Um, imposter. Uh, correct. Uh, mouth of the wolf is actually a term which means good luck. Oh, wow. Bocca de lupo. I'd be a bit scared if someone said that to me. Well, and the correct response to Imbocco de Lupo is, um, is not thank you, it's crepi, which means may he die, I think, something like that. Oh, right. But there is a pasta called the Eye of the Wolf. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> You'd have spotted that one, wouldn't you? <laughs> Eye of Bandera, yeah. And that's actually called Occhi di Lupo, which is, yeah, it's a stuffed pasta. Okay, a couple more for you. Partridge's eyes. Um, we've had a lot of imposters, so I'm going to go pasta. Oh my god, you're you're a natural at this. It is. It's called occhi di penice, which is very. They're very small rings of pasta. They're called partridge's eyes. Okay. Do they go in soups? Are they like little soupy ones. I think I think they are. Yeah. Like little minestrone soup hoops, what they're called. Yep. Yeah, oh, I know the ones. I like them. Um, we with some. Have you ever had um, marmite soup? Oh, you can't have marmite anymore. But marmite yeah. soup—it's like a. Imagine you're making a kind of a bovril type drink. Oh, have you ever have you ever put chicken bovril on toast? No. It's, it's supposed to be used as a drink, but it makes an incredible, intense chicken-flavored spread. It might be a bit like Marmite, that you have to put copious amounts of butter on the bread. It's definitely a post-pub. Is it quite salty? Yeah, really salty, yeah. What you should do then is make your chicken bovril soup and put in some pasta shapes. Yeah. I think that would be lush. 
Have you seen that uh, Marmite peanut butter? Yes, I've I've tried it. So, is it just a brand of peanut butter which Marmite have now branded as Marmite, or has it got? Is it a mix between Marmite and peanut butter? It's a mix of Marmite and peanut butter. Oh really? How does that get on? Uh, it saved me literally seconds in the kitchen every morning. Can I ask you a question about pasta? Yes. It's, bit, it's quite simple. I will allow it. <laughs> if you if you had to eat uh, pasta out of a tin, yeah, in generic tomato sauce, yeah, which I think is like baked bean sauce essentially, yeah, would you go alphabeti spaghetti? Or spaghetti hoops, and why? I feel like there's a wrong and right answer here. Um, <laughs> I, I have a very um, binary view of the world, so it definitely is a right and wrong answer. Here. I would go spaghetti hoops. Interesting. Why is that? Because I like the way they slide down the fork. Um, right. They're e- easy to grip. Now, I'm not saying that alphabeti spaghetti doesn't also have holes and therefore you can prong it, um, but I'm not interested in spelling words with my pasta. I'd rather just be, ooh. The only word you like is, ooh, spaghetti hoops. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do like to spell words with my spaghetti. <laughs> like like betwattled? Uh, yeah, betwattled. I wonder though. I've never, I mean, I've never tested it, but can you spell swear words? Or do you think they removed like <laughs> the vowels so that you, <laughs> you can't? But they can't remove the vowels because they must just reuse the O's from the from the hoops. There aren't many swear words with O's in, though, are they? I mean, you could write bollocks. Cock. Well, that that was the um, that was the other thing. Spaghetti hoops. There's not a lot of um, creativity gone into that, is there? No. Whereas. Rhyming spaghetti with alphabeti. Yeah. Especially if alphabeti isn't the Italian for alphabet, <laughs> is good fun. Yeah. So I think that that's why alphabeti spaghetti is better. Illumination. So, Sam, in 1957, the BBC were embroiled in a pasta based scandal. You know what I'm talking about. Is it spaghetti trees? It is spaghetti trees. Tell us all about it. Tell us everything you know. Everything I know is that one of the TV shows, it may have been the news, it may have been Panorama or something like that, um, they had an April Fool's joke where they did a report about spaghetti being harvested from trees and that's where it came from. Is that is that the gist of it? It is. That is the gist of it. I researched it, and you've managed to get 75% of all the information that I bothered to read. <laughs> um, w- yeah, an April Fool's joke. Bizarrely, they said that these spaghetti trees were growing the spaghetti in Switzerland. Well, that must have, you know, raised a, a flag there, surely. Well, I think in 1957, people were so ignorant of pasta that it didn't even matter whether you said it came from Switzerland or Italy. But I've heard they're quite close, Italy and Switzerland. Well, they share a border. Yeah, you can't get much closer than that, really, can you? No, that's true. 
it's like so, it's like us and us and Wales. Yeah, like <laughs> us and the former EU. Um, yeah, and it caused an absolute outrage, and it was reported as um, like it was supposed to be a joke, but it was reported as like a real failing in terms of the BBC was so trusted by people that the idea they might pay a trick was seen as kind of offensive um, and, it, and it's never been repeated. But they did repeat it, didn't they? Or they did it beforehand. What was the um, Orson Welles they, the War of the Worlds? They played that as if, the first episode, as if it was a real news broadcast. Oh, right. Scared the shit out of people. Yeah. No, you're right, yeah. I'm not sure if that was bef- that must have been before Spaghetti Gate. Yeah. With the crazy songs. I think that was a subsequent uh Was that like um oh what's his name? Someone who owns a keyboard. Jeff something. Jeff Jeff. Jeff Mills. Jeff Bridges. Jean Jean Michel Char. Jean Jeff Michel Jar. Someone who had a la- one of those laser keyboards that plays laser notes. The first day. The first day of Christmas is dooby doo doo. No. The first they knew there were aliens coming to Earth. There was lasers and aliens everywhere. It's one of those kind of like opera things where they just speak. Yeah. They sing what they're speaking, and you just think, "Why don't you just fucking say it?" Do my head. The chances of anything coming from Mars are a million to one. He said. The chances of anything. A billion to one, but still they fucking came. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's like these Martians, they read the odds and went, fuck it, we're going anyway. Yeah. Like, the, the bookies are not having it. The bookies don't think we're coming, but we definitely go. We can prove them wrong. Yeah. I'm sure there were dissenting Martians who were like, going, look, if the bookies think we can't do it, then maybe we shouldn't bother because it's obviously perilous. But the other ones were like, nah, fucking lump on. Let's go. Yeah. We can win loads. <laughs> They're not expecting it now. Yeah. Well, they were all, they were all open in uh, Paddy Power accounts, weren't they? <laughs> uh, I'd like to uh, lay a bet, please. Oh, yeah. What would you like to bet on? The football? No. I'd like to bet on the chances of something coming to Earth from Mars, please. <laughs> well, the odds of that are a million to one. Yeah. How much do you want to put? I'll put a tenner on. John, put some more, put some more fuel in the tank. Yeah, I'll have a tenner on that. And that's why Martians are so wealthy. But just turned up, got all the money, and then went back to uh, Mars. Yeah. And um, probably spent it on... Um, well, they probably bought some properties in London first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Diversified their assets and all that kind of stuff. And then we just went back to Mars and uh, built a nice house with that land. Yeah. And lived a quiet life, um, having robbed the bookies. You, you can only, you know, the, the bookies only have themselves to blame for that. I respect the Martians for that. <laughs> yeah. Always support the underdog, don't you? Yeah, Go on, the little guy. To be honest, it... the, you're right. The BBC have, they have done it before. Like, so they did Spaghetti Gate, didn't they? Yeah. Which we just got. And they did um, Martian Gate. Yeah. But didn't they also do the um, fake? The prizes, so like um, children's television shows and stuff, like phone in with the answer and you win this prize. Oh yeah! And all the prizes, and all the prizes got won by the production staff. Yeah. Children or fa- or family and stuff, so they don't do prizes anymore, do they? they just no. Do that. Yeah. What's that? Ch- and children gate. Children gate. 
And then they also lied about Brexit, didn't they? A fair amount. Because they were trying to make out Brexit was negative. Uh, they lied about that. And they framed Brexit as potentially damaging to the British economy, um, cultural existence and psyche. And that was all a lie. Um, and they're lying about the vaccine. Yeah. Um, I've, I've done some research. It does contain um, a chip. Oh. And, and the BBC are lying about it. Where did you do your research? On Twitter. Okay. Uh, I couldn't be bothered to uh, read Wikipedia because there's too many words. So I just went to Twitter. I usually just use Facebook because they, they put the facts in uh, an easy-to-consume meme, like a picture with words yeah. on. It's much more concise. It gets the meaning across a lot a lot quicker. It's like a knowledge injection. Man. It is. Straight to the brain, through the eyes. Yeah, you're right. I thought the BBC stopped lying when it came to Spaghetti Gate. Defund the BBC, unless they want to promote this and post this podcast, and then we will edit this bit out with their help, I'm sure. On, on that note, <laughs> I've got to go and cook dinner. But I think we've, we've put pasta to bed, so to speak. Pasta in the can. <laughs> Which is the correct way it should be served. Only in the can, yeah. None of this Jamie Oliver fucking getting some nonna to make your pasta. Get yourself a tin of Heinz spaghetti, alphabeti spaghetti. Open it with your teeth. Spell some swear words on your toast. Put the War of the World CD on. <laughs> and think about those Martians living it up. Yeah. And um, which which breed of tree is it that, that you get the, the hoops off? Because they must be more difficult to harvest than the... The long ones. Don't know where that came from. Sorry. That's a weird way to end a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> With an open-ended question. <laughs> right. We're done. Yeah.